And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. You old so and so, you old you. Uh, my question for you this week is thus. You texted me a few minutes ago to say, my computer doesn't think the internet exists. What would happen if the internet actually stopped existing? At this point, I think it'd be a bad thing. A very bad thing. Uh, Durango Canyon Matthews at the oh, DC Matthews. I think right. it'd be a very bad thing. Most things are heavily tied in the internet these days. All sorts of different forms of communication, banking, mm. um, lots of stuff. Uh, do you, Medical records. I mean, you know. Do you have a somewhere in your in your general area, do you have a a hidden cache of actual foldable paper money in case you were ever Oh no. You were ever able no. to not access it. No, not at all. My parents and I won't give you your ad their address, so I think it's okay to say this. Um have a couple of thousand dollars stashed in a in an unusual place. And if they were ever, you know, traveling or something and, you know, ran into trouble, I have been tasked to go to the house. I do not know if I have a key to their house anymore, but I probably do somewhere. Uh, go into the ca- house and get the money to then be able to wire to them uh, so that they would be able to, you know, get out of a jam. Uh, I mean, if the Internet didn't exist, I don't know if you could wire money at this point. Oh, that's either. true. That's true, but <clears throat> should but in a, in a different situation. Should we just sure. take all of our currency and you know transfer it into gold bullion? Is that the way to go? No, man. Let me tell you about Bitcoin and Ooh, NFTs so that's... because I think that's. But no, but, yeah, but, that, but that would also require the internet. I just thought. No, man. The blockchain. So. I just I just think sometimes you know where there's obviously bad things going on in the world right now uh and you know there's talk of nuclear weapons and chemical weapons and i'm like just you know if we could just figure out a way to just knock out you know electricity the internet something like that just you know just i i don't understand what you're saying I, are are you saying you want a cataclysmic world event to occur no but i am saying that and I'm not all, I'm also not saying that that would be worse than a nuclear or chemical event. I'm just, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. And maybe it has, maybe, you know, we're constantly trying to hack into the Russian power grid to sort of, you know, knock out their ability. I to, see. But I don't know. I just think sometimes about, you know, a horror movie where that's the event. It's not zombies. It's not a monster. It's not a serial killer with a mask and a hatchet. It's, you can't get online. You can't <laughs> send a text. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Paper money probably would be a good thing to have on hand in the short term. Should an event like that happen? I'm sure if you had to run to the local Mega Mart or 
Well, maybe not the Mega Mart because the shelves would be bare, right? But I'm sure you could use that cash as legal tender or something <laughs> for a little while. Yeah. But like at some point, if things were bad enough that the internet wasn't coming back, like I don't know that paper money would continue to have any no, value. We'd be bartering. Yeah. So, it back to wampum bees yeah. and things of that nature. Well, on that delightful note, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. No, I have a hypothetical question for you, too. Well, I guess not a hypothetical, but, um, you know, it's been a while, DC, since uh, this whole WWE peacock thing happened, mm-hmm. right? It's been a while since the WWE network shut down here in the good old United State Arenas, yep. and now everything is accessed through peacock in terms of the wwe's you know internet digital presence and so on and so forth uh, i i guess my question would be best, best summed up this way uh do you miss the wwe network yes but not as much as i thought i would that's interesting. When, why do you, I mean, why do you miss it at all? Because like in theory, all that content's available now on yes, Peacock, right? It is 12% more difficult to access. Um, the big thing that I miss is the fact that WWE Network would have little uh, things when you were scrolling through, you could move through the matches. So it would have little dots that said, okay, this is the beginning of the big boss man gold dust match. And then you could go to the end of that match, or you could go to the next match, which is here's, you know, the rock versus stone cold. And so you could pick and choose and I could look and go, Oh, Billy and Chuck. No, thank you. Let me skip ahead and watch some. So they had actually added, uh, I guess the equivalent of a, a bookmark yes. for that things. does not exist now. Now, to be fair, when I watch, and it's been a few weeks since I've partaken, uh, when I do watch, I'm actually watching more of the show because I'm not just skipping around. Um, and that's probably a net positive. But for who? To who? Is that what your question? <laughs> yeah. I, for who? Is I that suppose I'm positive? getting, I'm appreciating more of the shows, but I am going through them Fair. slower. Um, but yeah, you know, the fact that you you open up the Peacock menu, um, you have to, you know, I, they have the continue watching and luckily we don't watch much else. But if I want to look for a specific thing, I got to go over to the WWE tab or then I got to search for it and then I got to scroll. Like I said, 10 to 12% more difficult to find the stuff I'm looking for, but it's not that big of a deal. And, you know, we got to watch that great it wasn't really good movie. The three, five, five, which was on Peacock. They, you know, there have been a couple of times we've actually watched other stuff on, on the yeah. cock. And, uh, I did, I did reinstall Peacock on my Apple TV. I don't know, like a month ago. And like every, I guess like every two weeks I've gone on there just to like, see, see what's on there. There's nothing that I want. Like, they really want me to watch that Bel Air show. And I'm just like, no, "No, 
thank you. No. A gritty reboot of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is not something no. that I needed. Thank you very much. No. Uh yeah, I you know, I'm trying to think of what else might be on there. I feel like we've just we've passed the point. I'm glad we got rid of cable when we did, but I feel like and we've had this conversation before, I'm sure, just the the number of streaming services and yes, you should, you know, you sign up for Paramount Plus, which I have done. I'm waiting till they release all the episodes of Picard season 2. I'll binge that over a weekend and then move on. But it's just how many streaming services do you need before this is just cable all over again? Yeah, I mean, I I guess you know, I obviously I canceled Netflix a month ago or or whatever. Um, I this week, you know, in addition to that last price hike that caused me to finally cancel. I heard they're finally going to start charging people extra money. If people are logging in from places that aren't the quote unquote home IP, which is an issue for us because you know, my parents and I share a Netflix account and with the, the thing that I think is really upsetting about that is, is first is first of all, I mean, Again, Netflix already nickels and dimes their customers. Like they're the only company, again, that charges for high resolution access to the content. Like that's just included in Amazon Prime, uh, Tulu, etc. But the other part of it is if you look at their streaming plans, one of the difference, one of the differentiators is the number of simultaneous streams. The more expensive plans, theoretically, you can simultaneously stream more things. Why should they care? And more so, why should they get additional money if you are within the number of streams that they have licensed to you for your monthly cost? Why do they care if it's actually you or if it's a member of your family yeah. who's located elsewhere? Like, I just think that's so this is, money This is from the Netflix website. Uh, we've always made it easy for people who live together to share their Netflix account, blah, 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 blah. Uh, while these have been hugely popular, they've also created some confusion about when and how Netflix should be shared. As a result, accounts are being shared between households, impacting our ability to invest in great new TV and films for our members. So here's the thing. Like I've said this before on the show, like I think I said years ago with the WWE network, like people sharing logins and getting everybody together for pay-per-views, like it's a good thing and it's a bad thing, right? It is totally a bad thing because yes, that's one less person paying for your product, one less person paying uh, to actually see it. But were those people going to pay? Like if you start charging people more money to get access to these things, are they actually going to subscribe? Is that actual money out of your pocket or are you just going to turn off people who are already paying you and you're going to reduce your subscriber count? Like, I don't know, man, they must've done the calculus somewhere. A bean counter did the math. And they said, this is going to work out in our favor to some degree. And they decided to pull the trigger. But like, this just reminds me back in the day, like I'm, this is going back, you know, 20 years ago now to the peak of online piracy and Napster and BitTorrent and all that. Like, I just see like all these decisions that Netflix is making, the, the the splintering into a thousand different services that all want their $10. Like you are just sending people back to the pirate bay. Like 
it's been on a downward slope for the last 15 years. And I guarantee you piracy will return in an upwards trend um, this year moving forward yeah. with all of these user, un, I mean, consumer hostile policies. Well, that's my issue. So, like, if you're going to say, okay, we're going to raise the price. Okay. At some point, there's a number, and you reached the number when you canceled. There's a number that I am willing to pay for this service, and once I get past that number, I am no longer willing to pay. Uh, the That's fine. You want to raise the prices on it? I get that. But now you're going to penalize people who happen to share accounts. If this becomes a thing... And, you know, I can't remember at this point because we all share between my parents, my wife's parents, like we all have kind of one, you know, account for everything that we're all sharing. If this becomes a thing, the number of subscription services we're going to have access to are going to drop with the exception of Gilmore Girls and the Bake Off. We're not watching Netflix. Right. Like we'll and we have the Netflix DVDs. I'll pull my PlayStation out and we'll be able to watch you know, Gilmore girls, uh, on, on that. So you still get DVDs in the mail. No, I meant we had Gilmore girls DVDs, but I'm trying to read the Netflix oh. articles. Cause there was a quote that I'm trying to find here and I can't seem to find it. Um, Oh yeah. The company said over the last year, Netflix has been working on ways to enable members who share outside their household to do so easily and securely while also paying a bit more. Again, you want to raise the prices. You want to have a shared account status that's like $5 more than the regular membership. We'd probably go for that. But I could see a lot if they say, oh, no, you need your own account and it's going to be you know $14 a month for you to have access. It sounds no, like thank you. If, if what I was hearing was accurate, it's somewhere in the vicinity of $3 per access point. So if it's you and your parents and your in-laws parents and your in-law your brother-in-law like you're gonna end up increasing your price just that would be an extra twelve dollars a month you'd be doubling your netflix yeah that would be at one point i think netflix is actually only my parents and i it was you know two aunts who never used it but again that's the thing like just like you and gilmore girls and bake off I canceled it because like I I went onto the Netflix.com website on my computer where I can see my viewing history. Yeah. I hadn't watched Netflix anything, yeah. a single episode anything on Netflix since December. I hadn't watched one program in two months. Yeah. And I was just like, I, well, and, forget it. And again, like, you know, you have this server thing, which still sounds like, you know alien technology but like if there was a way for me to whether it's you know get the gilmore girl seasons digitally you know if we had a server that had access to all of this stuff we wouldn't need netflix and if there are ways in which to do it that you know and it's just it's funny to me because like personally and you've seen me talk about this over the years i do strongly believe in paying for the content that i want to consume but I feel like they have reached a point where it it's just it's again, it's consumer hostile at this point. And I'm just 
forget it. I, I don't, I no longer feel that I'm going to jump through all of the hoops that you're asking me for. When it was subscribed to Netflix for $10 a month, I was happy to yeah. do that. But $22 a month plus 15 for Hulu plus 10 for 15 for HBO Max plus, you know, like, no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can wait. My wife is amazing at finding, you know, oh, I found this deal where you can get stars for two months for $2. And then we're like, all right, let's see if there's anything worth watching on stars. And if there's not, we only spent two bucks. So, yeah. Half of my problem is you try to find me a streaming service that has every single uh, Japanese horror movie from you know, 1998 through 2010, yeah. uh, I'll gladly pay whatever they're asking for for their monthly subscription fee for at least a few months so I could watch everything. Uh, but I don't think it exists. You tell me, you know, again, I have Peacock with access to a ridiculous amount of wrestling, but there was some other service that said, if AEW launches a streaming service that's going to have Ring of Honor stuff and old AEW stuff, I will be paying them money. Or I will be right. trying to convince you to use our Patreon to pay them money <laughs> because that's a great, you know, that's a great thing for me. But uh, do you happen to watch, Doc? Do you happen to watch on any of these services any of those great old 80s sitcoms? No, not really. Do you, were you a sitcom watcher as a kid? Did the family, did bit. the Manson? I definitely, I definitely watched, uh, you know, my, my particular shows on TGIF yes. or in the evenings or, you know, Nick at night, even going back to the old, older shows. But, yeah. You know. Uh, well, as a request from uh, Jeffrey, who does not have Twitter, uh, I put together a 32 sitcom uh, bracket as it is March. Uh, I did not do any cartoons. I think that may need to be its own separate entity here. Okay. Uh, so these are, too much these are sitcoms. And uh, Jeffrey had mentioned that he thought that the sh you know shows had to have started in the 80s, I think was part of his last email we countered with. They could have started in the 70s, but the majority of it would have to be in the 80s, which eliminated okay. a show you mentioned. And I've been thinking about this all week long. Why does Doc Manson like Three's Company? It's a fantastic show. It's incredibly funny. Um, John Ritter uh, just has impeccable uh, physical comedic aptitude. And he was perfectly cast in that role. And all of the folks around him are perfect foils in their own way. Um, you know, uh, especially early on, uh, Christy, uh, better. I'd like to credit Christy the best at compared to like, you know, Terry, Cindy, uh, and the other, uh, third girls, but you know, uh, Janet, Janet, right. Um, Janet is fantastic as a constant sort of straight man foil to Jack and everything else going on around him. It's just a perfect blend. And you know, the funny, the other thing about it is, so it has a premise that might not age gracefully. Um, basically, if you're not familiar with it, there's this guy who ends up moving into an apartment with these two girls, you know, they're early 20 somethings, you know, 
Um, and the whole, sh- whole sort of center of the show is the landlord won't let a guy live with two girls. He doesn't think it's right. Um, but they claim that Jack, that's John Ritter's character, is gay. And so the landlord allows him to stay. So basically one of the conceits of the show is Jack has to constantly be acting as though he's a homosexual when the landlord comes around, whether that be Mr. Roper or later uh, Don Knotts takes over as Mr. Furley. Um, But I've actually watched a lot of Three's Company over the course of the last year. There's a streaming uh, service called Tubi that has a, a channel that just is constantly running replays of all the episodes of that show. And I, at this point, I have to think I've seen most of it. And um, I don't know, like for a, a premise like that, I think it actually has aged fairly well for the most part. It's inoffensive. And part of that, I think, is because the person who is, you know, caught up on whether Jack is or is not homosexual is always painted as the absolute stupidest character on the show and nobody else cares. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's actually pretty progressive in that way. Um, But again, I I suppose it's a mindset thing uh, because I guess if you did feel badly about it, I couldn't disagree with you depending on your own life experiences. But I do feel like if you view view it through that prism, that again, it's only the stupidest character that has any care about it at all. I think it actually kind of works. Yeah, I like Three's Company a lot. I I could tell you, you know, Suzanne Summers, Don Knotts. Suzanne Summers, oh, John Ritter, brilliant. Uh, and Joyce DeWitt, that's brilliant. Right. Thank you. But and I'm like, and I I knew the premise, but I'm like, and I know I've had to have seen parts of it, but I don't know that I ever have watched an entire episode from start to finish. So oh, I enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that show is not here. Otherwise, as you said, it probably would have won. So now the other thing about Three's Company that I really like. Sorry. Yeah. We're is, never going to do this tournament now. <laughs> I should have said is, this. Is the, the episodes. It is a sitcom, right? But a lot of sitcoms just have like this. Uh, a sh- an episode is is just a story sort of start to finish. I mean, obviously, all, all, all episodes of shows usually sort of are. And Three's Company is no different. Like, there is an overarching story in an episode. But the, the way that... I don't know what it is. I don't, I, it's hard for me even to describe. But there's something about the way that they break up scenes in Three's Company where each scene is, is almost, a lot of times, more just like a skit in and of itself. Some, and sometimes, like, the connective tissue to the previous scene is not always clear. Although again, the same story is being continued. Usually Um, it's it's just the, the the linear flow, the narrative flow of the show is, is is different than I think the sitcoms that I grew up with in the late eighties and nineties. There's just a different sensibility in the way it conveys its story. Um, that I appreciate difficult to describe. I'm not sure I'm even, I'm doing it justice and maybe somebody would watch it and say, I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I just feel like there is something je ne sais quoi, something different that I can't quite touch or describe about it. Um, that I also appreciate, uh, RIP John Ritter taken too soon. Very much. So that was sad. That was very sad. All right. 
Yes, 32, sir. 32 different shows. Uh, the majority of each show took place in the decade of the 80s. Uh, they are ranked according to an IMDb list that I found. Um, Cheers versus Charles in Charge hmm. of Our Days and Our Nights. That's difficult because both of those have iconic theme songs. I think the theme song is going to have to play a part in our discussion here. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows your name versus Charles in charge. Like of our days of our, like, yeah, it's who is Charles again in that show? Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo. Who, yeah. who that, that has not aged well. He, you know, that I believe. Yeah. I mean, ultimately I do think that cheers definitely wins the matchup. I, I, I feel like I probably as a kid enjoy Charles in charge more but Cheers has, I think, a wider range of comedy, drama. Um, seems to me like it probably has, I don't know this for sure, but in my head has a longer series run and like it went more places, more different characters, I, more iconic characters. I did write down. Uh, yeah. Cheers was 82 to 93. Wow. Charles in Charge, 84 to 90. Wow. That was, that's a lot longer than I would have thought, I actually. Thought the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got to give it to Cheers yeah, personally. I think I, think so. I enjoyed Charles and Charge more as a child. Yes. But if I were to go back and watch it, I, I think... remember, I think my parents must have taped the final episode of Cheers and it had like a whole thing before it, like, you yeah, know, the end of yep. this iconic episode. And they had like a, you know, almost like a pre show sort of thing uh, to go with it. It was a major event. All right. I mean, you never would have gotten Frasier without nope, that's Cheers. True. That's true. I mean, that's Ted true. Danson is a, still a force to be reckoned with. You know, Norm. Uh, w- yeah. I mean, Woody Harrelson, but after yep. Norm. Yep. Like, oh, I'm not Norm. I'm sorry. Coach. I was thinking of Coach. Yeah. Um, Norm was around like the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you got Norm. George went his probably well, his biggest role for sure. Um, yeah. Rhea Perlman. Yep. Right. Fantastic. As- and then, Long, Shel- and then Kirstie Alley comes in, then Shelly Long comes back. And yeah, there's it's just there's, there's so many really good people on that show. Yeah. Cliff. Oh man. Yeah, Cheers is good. Yeah. Cheers is good. Reason why it's one of the number one seeds. All right. We have Kate and Alley from 84 to 89 taking on Newhart. I know. Some of these we're gonna have to look up. I debated Kate having and Allie, a little... I don't know if I remember. Jane Curtin, I believe. Um, Susan St. James. Two, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Kate. Two Alley. divorced women look to each other for support as life carries on. Doesn't sound like a sitcom, but it is. You know, and then Newhart had huh. a couple different shows. Did it? There was the Bob Newhart show, which ran in the 70s. And then there was Newhart, which ran in the 80s. And the interesting thing about that is that the new heart in the eighties is this is I'm Larry. This is my brother, Daryl and my other brother, Daryl. So it's this whole thing. And then in the final episode, Bob Newhart wakes up in bed, having dreamed supposedly the entire series wakes his wife up and it's the wife from the original new heart show in the seventies. Oh, that's interesting. Which I thought was a very cool way of ending a show yeah i mean of the two i'm gonna have to give it to new heart if only because 
I know I've seen Newhart. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. Uh, these are two shows that began technically in the 70s, but most of their run was in the 80s. Taxi. Mm. Benson. Benson. Yeah. Uh, African-American butler. I used to know the guy's name. Oh, man. What's his name? Robert Gilliam. Featuring the first, uh, I believe, the first TV uh, sitcom appearance of Jerry Seinfeld. Not that that means. Oh, that's interesting. And, of course, Taxi. Danny um, DeVito, Andy Kaufman. Um but one, was it, well, uh, wasn't that the show too that um, Robin Williams got his start as Mork? That was Happy Days. That was Happy Days. Mm-hmm. He didn't appear on. I mean, look, you could be right. No, I mean, I could be. Yeah, I just for some reason I have it in my head that Robin Williams was on Taxi. Now I'm pretty sure he appeared on Happy Days and was okay, so ridiculous that, could be. that they made a whole show for him. Okay, um, I'm gonna have to again go with Taxi yeah. because I don't think I've seen Benson. Yeah, and, and Taxi was uh, pretty funny. And yeah, you're 100 percent right. Mork was started on Happy Days. I don't know how I got that mixed up in my head, but I'm sure. Well, I All think. Right. Well, so okay, so Andy Kaufman with his weird character. Uh, what was his name? Lotka. That might be what. That may be I'm what thinking you're thinking of. of. It might be in my head. I may have Thank crossed. You. Thank you very much. Those streams. Yeah. 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 I could totally Look see that. With the ghost, just bring Ghostbusters that references left and right. Uh, the facts of life. Mama's family. Ooh. Facts of life versus mama's family. Uh, I mean, I don't think I really like either of these shows personally. <sighs> but like mama's family feels like Tim Conway, Harvey Corman, Carol Burnett. <sighs> yeah. I'm going to have to go with Mama's Family on that yeah, one. That's it for me. I will occasionally find Mama's Family or like uh bloopers cuz I think the whole character started in the Carol Burnett show and then they made okay. again made a sitcom just for that. I think Mama's Family was pretty good. But yeah, yeah not never. I would have guessed Mama. Mama's Family was a 70s, but it began in 83. So that's amazing. That does uh, seem like a 70s show. All right. We have Silver Spoons. Okay. Or 227. Uh, hmm. I'm not super familiar with any of these shows. I'm not sure I saw either of those. 227, yeah. a group of middle class people. You have Jack A. Re- Regina King in it. Um, and then Silver Spoons, Ricky Schroeder, I think. Uh, the person who played Carlton in the good Fresh Prince Alfonso. of Bel Air show, I believe, was in yeah. Silver Spoons. Yes, he was. I mean, I'll give it to Silver Spoons just because Alfonso's yeah. in it, but I, I I don't think I've seen either of those shows. This one hurts. This one might be the toughest matchup I've seen, I can remember. Small Wonder. Remember Small Wonder? The robot girl? 
versus perhaps yes yes <laughs> holy shit i do remember this yeah that is Shadows, like smoke coming out of your ears or head turned all the way around I oh remember. my goodness uh I... versus probably my my sentimental favorite sitcom of the 80s perfect strangers oh well for me there's no contest here perfect strangers wins that matchup but i gotta say i am impressed because when i looked up small wonder and the images came up on my google image search this is not something that i ever could have pulled from the memory banks but holy shit did it just sort of come (laughs) like a a tidal wave over my brain yeah oh my goodness trademark red and white dress yeah yeah all right head of the class Okay. Alf. I don't have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Alf. Doesn't matter what. Alf was so good eating those cats. <laughs> what was the name of his planet? Uh, Mel. Melmac. No, oh, my God. I have a relative. What's his name was on that show? Um, a father. Yep. There was a father on that show. That guy. <laughs> uh, Max Wright. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Gordon Shumway. Our, Shumway? Our next number one seed. We have, there are four number ones, as there always is in these type of brackets. Uh, family Ties or Gimme a Break. Nell Carter. Give me a- Break. Not a super popular. Well, no, probably popular, but not a show. I think we w- would have been for us. I think she's like a yeah. house housekeeper or a nanny or something. Family ties. Uh, Michael J. Fox, right? Yeah. Justine Bateman. Who was uh, the guy from Tremor? Pains. The guy from Tremors. I feel Kirk, like in my brain, Kirk family Cameron. ties and growing. Paid's get get mixed. Kirk Cameron, Alan Thick. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the guy from uh, Tremors is the dad in uh, Family Ties. Bert. I don't know. <laughs> Played by Michael Gross. Yeah. 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 It's got to go to Family Ties. I, I don't think I saw. Give me a break. So yeah. All right. Uh, you could make the argument you don't have Tom Hanks without Bosom Buddies. You remember Bosom Buddies? I remember the name. Uh, similar to Three's Company, these two guys who go to live in an apartment, but it's a women's only apartment, so they have to wear drag when they're out in public, and then they have their their their, their themselves are the brothers of the characters. Uh huh. But it's taking on the Golden Girls. Okay. Yeah, no contest. Golden Girls it is. Uh, Mr. Belvedere. B. Arthur, come on. Yeah. Betty White. Oh, Betty, Betty White. White. Estelle Getty, who was younger than Estelle all. Getty, the youngest yes. of the four. <laughs> playing yeah, the ridiculous. mom. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, Mr. Belvedere, another show I forgot about until I yep. saw the list and went, oh, yeah. <laughs> or Designing Women. Oh, 
which I do remember seeing because Mama Matthews loved herself some designing women. I don't think I liked designing women. I don't think I ever watched a whole episode of designing women, but I remember designing women. Like I can, I can see like the opening, uh, yeah, Delta Burke. Yeah. Mr. Belvedere. I mean, I remember the name. I can remember the guy, but like, I don't remember anything about it. Or was that? Or no, maybe I, I think he was also a like housekeeper butler sort of thing. Yeah, Annie Potts was in Designing Women. Okay, well, I'm gonna give it to Designing Women then because Annie Potts is yeah fantastic. Anytime there's a Ghostbusters connection. Oops. Yeah. All right, we mentioned Growing Pains, Mr. Belvedere, one of the guy. What like, looks the Owens family and and. One of the names is Kevin Owens. Hey. I'll point that out there. Who did a great uh, Stone Cold impression on uh, Raw this week. Did you see the pictures of that on Twitter? Yeah. With the bald so cap. good. Yeah. It's like I missed some quality television. Yep, totally. Yep. Uh, growing Pains or My Two Dads? Uh, I'm, I mean, I have to give it to Growing Pains, I think. Yeah. But- my two dads, I had to look up because, uh, again, I thought it was like a trendsetter ahead of its time. Nope. Uh, single mom passes away and the teenager goes to live with two ex-boyfriends or has to live with two ex-boyfriends of the mom. Uh, Webster <laughs> or Amen, Mr. Sherman Helmsley. Amen? Yeah. Thanks, Sherman Helmsley playing like a preacher. I don't think I ever saw Amen, so we're going to give it to Webster. It's a cute kid. All right. Different Strokes, which technically began in 78, but ran through most of the 80s, or Punky Brewster? Hmm. Different Strokes brings us what you're talking about, Willis, among many, many other things. I mean, different strokes is probably the right answer. But I definitely watched some Punky Brewster growing up. Yeah. I, for me, it's Punky Brewster again. Yeah, I, I think I have to give it to Punky Brewster because I definitely yeah. watched some of that growing up. There was and I did not watch different strokes. There so. was apparently a, a sitcom called The Hogan Family, which then became named Valerie. Hmm. Uh, that is going to be cannon fodder for who's the boss. <laughs> in my brain, who's the boss and Charles in charge are the same show. They're very similar. Tony Danza, Scott Bayo, you know, Charles, Scott Bayo younger in my brain. Also, Tony Danza and Ted Danson are, are the, the same, same person. person. I know Tony Danson is a completely different person, but for some reason, I always think Ted Danson when I hear Tony Danson. I was really bummed to find out that Harry and the Hendersons was a 90s sitcom. You remember Harry and the Hendersons? Well, I remember the The movie movie came out in the 80s. Yeah, so I only really, I don't think I ever watched the show. I don't think I I ever saw the movie, but I loved the the movie. Yeah, I loved the movie. Uh, A Different World. 
or Night Court? Oh, I mean, no question. Oh, man, Night Court was so good. I keep wanting yeah. to find – I got to find out where some of this stuff streams because I would watch Night Court. I mean, I'm starting to get the feeling that um, I wasn't a very diverse child. <laughs> Neither of us were. Neither um, of us were. In our rural Connecticut <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I definitely get in that impression. Um, all right. Technically, according to the list that I found, the number one ranked sitcom of the 80s is The Cosby Show. Okay. Now, obviously, that comes with, uh, you know, some. Ca- I will judge it based off of my remembering I, enjoyment. Well, okay. I did put it up against, I did tweak things a little bit. There was a show in the 80s that ran for six episodes, and that's it. Huh. But then people enjoyed the characters so much that they decided to make some movies featuring the characters. Okay. The show was called Police Squad. <laughs> okay. And we don't get the Naked Gun movies without, without Police, Police Squad. Squad. So I'm just saying, if we want to I avoid mean, the the awkward nobody needs the naked gun 33 and a third. But those first two movies you didn't like 33 and a third. I don't remember liking it, but it's been a very long time since I've mm. seen it. Maybe I would feel differently yeah. about it. I don't think I, I will say, though, um, I'm I guess I'm not surprised to hear that the Cosby show was ranked yeah. as the number one sitcom of the 80s. But here's a Doc Manson hot take. Okay. I never liked the Cosby show. Okay. I don't of, know what it was. As a kid, I, I didn't... What was that? Because of your lack of diverse upbringing? I mean, maybe, but I just... I don't think I ever liked... The show, mm. there was something about it that was too saccharine, which is funny because I tolerated Full House. Yep. But I will say Full House is something that as a child I tolerated, but didn't really like. Sure. It was on and we watched it. It was on and it had Joey. Yeah. Which I really liked Joey. Um, but yeah, the Cosby show never did it for me. And the thing is like, and again, this isn't even a, uh, a, a backlash thing. Cause I'll come out and say it. I'll say it right now. When I was younger, I fucking loved me some ghost dad. There's nothing wrong with ghost dad. Bill, I liked Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby himself. That stand up yeah. special is yeah. amazing. Yep. Came to appreciate that later in life. Yep. But certainly. So, you know, his stand-up was great. And I, you know, it pains me much in the way it pains me that Chris Benoit's legacy is tarnished, rightly so, in the way that it is. Uh, I remember when Netflix had, when I was having Netflix DVDs, I got the Cosby show, like the first season, and I watched the whole thing. Um, you know, parts of it were very funny. Uh yeah. Parts of it were not. <laughs> so well, and part of it, too, though, I think is. A lot of what I did watch as a kid, you have to remember, folks, especially you youngins that are listening to this podcast. Mm. 
Nate, the things that you. you watched when you were younger was whatever happened to be on the television stations that you had available to you yeah. when you got home from school. I'm pretty sure that the Cosby show, I would catch like the last four minutes of it when I got home and then Where whatever the next thing was. Lesson. Right. I don't think I ever really saw full episodes of the Cosby show mm-hmm. in uh, syndication yeah. when I was growing up, which may have had something to do with that yeah. also. Yeah, there was, you know, I remember Comedy Central was like up channel 63, which was about as far as you could go. Yeah. If you didn't pay for HBO. <laughs> I feel like the Cosby about- show was like the thing that was ending in syndication before like the afternoon cartoon block came on. Yep. I feel like I had to tolerate four minutes of the Cosby show before my cartoons mm-hmm. um, started playing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it ever lined up for me. So, are you going with Police Squad then? I am. Yeah. I'm a fine with that. Fine with that. All right. There, again, as we've, we tend to have, very similar opinions here amongst the two of us. Uh, let's go into the Sweet 16. Cheers or Newhart? Uh, cheers all day long. Yeah. Uh, Mama's Family or Taxi? I will go with Taxi. I definitely saw more of Taxi on Nick at Night than I did Mama's Family. Yeah. Silver Spoons or Perfect Strangers? Uh, perfect Strangers. Yeah. Now we are so happy. We do the Deads of Joy. Very strangers. So good. Balky, mm-hmm. cousin Larry. So Come good. On. Uh and you don't not that this is we're getting into a nineties sitcom. Uh Harriet Winslow is the elevator operator in the newspaper offices of Perfect Strangers and then goes and has her own show. Technically, Alf Family Matters is a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. Alf or Family Ties. Ooh, for me. Yeah, that's all this is. It's Elf. Yeah. Golden Girls are designing women. I didn't even plan that. <laughs> uh, definitely Golden Girls. Growing Pains or Webster? I will go with Growing Pains. Punky Brewster or Who's the Boss? That's actually more of a tough matchup. I think. Mm, what do you think i don't know i think it's who's the boss yeah that's um, where i was i will honestly say i was leaning towards who's the i boss, don't but. i liked small wonder more than punky Pierce brewster as kid uh oh, did you yeah and i thought who's the boss was good again yeah. you know yeah, i don't who's remember the, boss the was good I'll, I'll give it yeah definitely who's the boss okay and then night court or police squad I mean, in terms of the legacy, it's Police Squad. Yeah. But, but again, only six episodes. Yeah. And like Night Court, I think, went on for a while. 84 uh, to 92. Yeah. Like, like Bull was really good on that show. And I hear they're trying to bring it back. And the, the ju- what was the, who was playing the judge? Again? Harry Anderson, who's Harry a magician and stand up. Yeah. I mean, like, and, and then that were, uh, that, who was on that show too? The um, prosecutor guy, John Larroquette. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, night, night court yeah, was they're, good. they're talking about bringing that show back, and John Larroquette's gonna supposedly uh, resume that role. 
Okay. And I'm like, you're going to have to get a good judge because Harry Anderson was great. And I love that there was just a rotated cast. You know, Brent Spiner, who played uh, Data in the Star Trek universe, got his start, I think, you know, as one of the cast of crazy characters that goes through the night court. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with night court. Yep. Then there were eight. Cheers oh, or boy. taxi? Cheers. <sighs> Perfect strangers or Alf? Perfect Strangers. Oh, thank God I can breathe again. I love the sci-fi aspect of Elf. I love the puppets. Yeah. Like, real good, real silly stuff. But I agree. Perfect Strangers had heart. Of course you agree. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> Golden Girls are growing pains. Uh, Golden Girls. Yeah. And then who's the boss or Night Court? Night Court for me. All right. Yeah. Cheers or Perfect Strangers? At this point, I'm content. I'm like, it made it to the final four. Like, Perfect Strangers is the is the answer in my heart. Yes. But I think it has to be Cheers because I, of the legacy. I think that's totally fair. I think that's totally fair. Night Court or Golden Girls? I think, Again, I think personally? We a, I think we have a similar thing here, yeah. Personally, the answer is Night Court, but Golden Girls was very good, very, very funny. Yeah. So, Golden Girls. All right. Final two. Cheers or Golden Girls? Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting because I think you could, I think you could, you could take this argument either way. The mm-hmm. argument that I would probably make is that there was so much variety on Cheers. So many different cast members came in yep. and out. They introduced so many different new characters and dynamics and always adapted and made it work. I, but then again, you could take the opposite approach and say, yeah, Golden Girls did it with the same core four ladies. And they just went off the strengths of those performers and made it heartwarming and full of joy, you know, just through just just with them. Out of curiosity, is there what, what's the what's the ranges on those shows in terms of like longevity? Cheers. In my head, they're both long. Cheers, but. eighty-two to ninety-three. Golden okay. Girls, eighty-five to ninety-two. So Cheers was longer. Yeah, but you could make I. I've seen episodes of Cheers, but I couldn't tell you like the eras, you know. But yeah. I I don't remember people longing for the early early days of Cheers. It's like you got to wait for Lilith to show up. You gotta yeah. My my I used to watch a lot of Cheers. Um, it happened to be a favorite show of my mom and my parents. Yeah. And my mom used to love um the earlier episodes with Coach. Mm, interesting. So Coach holds a special place in my heart, probably as a result. Yeah. Uh, over Woody Harrelson. So I, I me, don't know. If, I don't know if this is gonna change. Yeah. But at the final episode of Golden Girls. Dorothy, B. Arthur's character, gets married. Do you know who she marries? The actor. Not offhand. Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, mean, I remember, I remember that, reading something yeah. about that and being like, what? <laughs> but Yeah, I, I think overall, the very last episode of Cheers, I remember that being an event. I remember watching it. Mm-hmm. I remember Ted Danson going out and turning off the lights. Yeah, and somebody comes to the bar door, and he like waves and goes, "We're closed," and then walks off. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I th- I think I don't think you can go wrong with either answer. Yeah, but I think I'd have to go with no. Cheers. I will honorably mention the ending of the Cosby Show, yeah. which is you know Bill Cosby takes Felicia Rashad's arm and they walk out of the studio. Like they're in the oh, living room cool. set and they walk and the camera pans back and you can see it's a set and they walk through the audience and like out the door. And that's, that's the end cool. of the show. That's nice. Too, it was a yeah. nice touch. But yeah, yeah, I think cheers totally makes sense as perhaps the best sitcom. Not our favorite. I don't but- know that um, Mrs. Manson is going to agree with my final choice there. Well, she can eat. That'll be her email for next week. Uh, I don't know if you have any other wrestling Things you want to say. Uh, I'll say this. I can't tell you the last time I was this not excited for WrestleMania. It's next weekend. Not this weekend. Is it really? It's April 2nd and 3rd. And I'm like, I read the matches that we have. And we check in every week to see what the matches are. I am sure there are going to be great moments. Don't get me wrong. Whatever Owens and Austin do are going to be fantastic. But I'm looking at it going, okay. This not, is the first not WrestleMania bought in, not bought in. since you brought me back to wrestling in college that I don't think I'm going to watch any part of it. Yeah. I'll, you know, between stand and deliver, which is going to be at 11 a.m., my perfect time for a paper. <laughs> Come over, bring fuck. Hey, you know <laughs> that uh, maybe I'll watch. Yeah, we're getting a, that. That that's going to be fun. We're going to have you know. Oh wow! And that's the thing. Like with AEW, even you know, like I'm not, I'm not watching the weekly shows. Sure, I know I've got my whatever server thing that I could yeah set up again and watch it. I'm not watching it. Um, but like I enjoy the pay per views. I think those are good shows. They're well crafted. But the honestly, a big part of it for me is the social aspect, mm-hmm. which is funny because I'm sure Rachel or Eric would say I just sit there on my couch being uh, a half asleep, grumbly curmudgeon the entire night, and they don't even know if I'm getting anything out of it. But I am. I enjoy being with people. Yeah. Um, and well, to I, that end, want to bring fa? I was just saying, I I might because I'm looking at this show. I am more excited, and I'm not watching the weekly stuff. I listen to Glenn and Jeremy every week on the Piece of Business podcast, break down what's going on in NXT Tuesdays and the horniness of all the characters and all of that type of stuff. Oh, my. Supposedly, supposedly, it's like a high school drama and some of their backstage things, trying to ask this person out and make an eyes at this person. But the matches themselves, I'm not going to name them because you're not going to know who any of these people are, but it's going to be a good show. So yeah, I may I may venture over to Manson Manor, food in hand, uh, <laughs> to check out NXT Stand and Deliver. Um, and I'm sure I'll watch parts of WrestleMania, but I'm just I, right now. It's not as interesting to me. But I was I watching. Hope, I hope um, to be pleasantly surprised. I went to you know the Squared Circle subreddit. Yeah, and there was uh I don't know what it was even. But somebody, it was just like a post where somebody was like, and tonight on Raw, they have given us the greatest wrestling gif of the year. That was like the title or something. Sure. And like I clicked through 
And it's a guy going like this. Sort of like these weird, not crossed crotch chops. And there's another guy like looking at him. And I, I, don't be wrong. The gif was kind of low resolution where I was looking at it. And I was like, I don't, I legitimately don't know who either of these people are. And I was like, huh, I'm that far out that I, I, I don't even know who these performers are. Yeah, now, right. I'm trying, now I'm like looking because I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But and and the guy um, doing the chopping was like all in black, I think. I don't know if that helps. But all right. Yeah, I'm looking at it and going, OK, so, you know, and I'm looking at Dynamite and right away, the main events, Jay Lethal versus Adam Cole, which I remember watching in Ring of Honor and liking a whole lot. So, you know. But either way. All right. Uh, that's enough wrestling talk. Emails. We know. Let's get to those emails. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We have five of them. And the first one comes from Jeffrey. He sent me a link to learn about uh, the construction happening in the town we tend to stay in on the vineyard. I don't think we need to read that. We'll just go to episode 312. Hey, guys, not sure if you want this on the podcast, but about the 80s show bracket. I think that's a good idea. If the majority of the show was in the 80s, it could be done on there. I only said what I said because most of Married with Children was 90s, yes. but debuted in the 80s. I'm trying to make it fit my narrative. You got to control that narrative, man. Stop saying that. I just feel <laughs> dirty. Anyways, I'm obviously good with whatever you want to do. Good. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, just listen to the latest episode, episode. Strawberry rhubarb? Really? Very disappointed, but to each his own. Uh, hello, Gloria, the unofficial mascot of the podcast is doing well and it's a cute little pooch with the ears standing straight up and oscar says uh fight to the death <laughs> for that position no no we will not do any no, dog we can have here. multiple we can have multiple absolutely all right thank you uh jeffrey uh that was pie right strawberry rhubarb we did pie. yeah 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 it's good it's good it's good all right i'm trying to see oh there wasn't really a question on there what are your yeah. thoughts on married with children since i don't think we're going to do a 90s bracket at least not this year i really really enjoyed it growing up i am doubtful it has aged well yeah i agree with that yeah. brandon banks checks in local grub and condiments was thinking about yellow mustard for some reason today just my two cents but french's though the most popular brand of yellow mustard isn't the best that honor would go to Plockman's Mustard. However, that may be a local brand. Have you guys ever heard of it? Uh, I no, so. but I'm looking it up. Yellow Mustard then made me think of a Chicago-style hot dog. I like almost every ingredient on it, with the exception of that vile, nasty, bright green, sweet pickle relish. Since I'm from Chicago, DC might just be learning this. What? I'm sort of expected to like it, but it's just gross. So a question for you, Doc and Durango. Are there any foods your region is known for that you that just isn't your cup of tea? Keep up the work and bring back the list already. Sent from my iPhone. Um, when did you send this? Monday. Okay. On Monday's episode of uh, The Joy of Booking, uh, I ate a turkey pastrami sandwich and talked probably far longer than I should have about my love of French's mustard. So I think that's where Brandon's coming from. I um, see. 
I don't love a New Haven pizza with the really thin crust. You I don't pref- like Pepe's? No, nah, not really. I love it. I prefer like a chewier crust. Maybe I haven't had Frank Pepe's in a while, but like the thin crust to me doesn't do much. And uh, I don't think I've ever had a steamed cheeseburger. Not sure I'd mm. like that either. Yeah. I would say steamed cheeseburger is probably the th- other thing Connecticut's known for other than the uh, the pizza style. Yeah. But yeah, I- I've never had a steamed cheeseburger yeah. either, so I don't know. I know Louis Lunch down, in, I think also in New Haven, claims to be the inventor of the hamburger sandwich. Uh, yeah. They also I, mean, do- I will say, like, I love the New Haven style pizza. I think Pepe's is great, but I also enjoy a thicker crust pizza. I also have been known to partake in a deep dish out in from the Chicago area. Mm. Like I'm, I don't, I'm not one of those people that's going to be like New Haven pizza and all be all. I like Italian pizza, like the like the stuff you might get at an Italian yeah. uh, bakery deli style place. Yeah. I like Greek style pizza. Like I like it all, man. I like yeah, so I, I I don't know. Like it's all good. It's all good. It's all just different. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I like the New Haven, but. Since I haven't had the steamed cheeseburger, I guess that's it. I, yeah. How popular can it be, though, if like neither one of us have had it? I don't know. I just have seen it on the Food Network. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder if, uh, if I don't know if Banks is weighed in, being that he's from Indiana. Um, either way. Uh, Glenn, corned beef. Hi, guys. Last week, DC was right. Corned beef is brisket minced and cured in large grain rock salt often called corns of salt. It's the nitrates and nitrites that give it its distinctive pink color. If it's not cured using the nitrates, then it has a gray color to it and is called (laughs) New England corned (laughs) beef. I wonder if you've ever seen this or even tasted it. Thanks, Glenn. I'm sure I've seen corned beef that isn't bright pink, but it tends to be. I don't think I have seen any. Did you have corned beef? Yes. Oh, no, wait. Did we record on Thursday last week? We may have, so you may have eaten it. I had corned beef. It was delicious. Yeah. But yeah, all the corned beef I think I I can remember seeing is pink, and I don't ever recall seeing something labeled as New England corned beef. So, Well, I don't think for Glenn, I don't think where he goes to get New England corned beef, I I think they would just call it corned beef here. But I suppose, I don't know. I may have, but I I could be wrong. Uh, Nate, who had a birthday a couple days ago, yesterday, maybe even. Happy birthday to you. Uh, That time of the week. Good morning, gentlemen. We ain't gentlemen. We're morons. I have nothing to complain about as of late. The weather is getting iffy, but baseball is back. And my twins have signed some great players. That was a surprise. I'm enjoying wrestling a lot again, and we're approaching a movie boom starting in April. I'm really looking forward to WrestleMania next weekend. Sorry. I mean, sorry that we just said. Well, so, we so said. here's what I'd like. Uh, Nate, for next week's email, since you are sending it in, and I love that, can you tell me why? Because I, I don't know that it's them. I think it might be me. So what is, what is it that you're excited about that I'm missing? Because I'm not watching the weekly product, so maybe if I was, yeah. it would all be exciting. I just have a few questions again this week. What matches are you looking forward to at WrestleMania? Doc, what is a match you would consider watching? Since I know you haven't been paying much attention, which is totally fine. All right. I'm going to list the matches that I think you might be interested in. Okay. 
We'll skip over all the ones with celebrities, except for one. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Pass. The Usos versus Shinsuke. Pass. and Okay. Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. Interested. Um, do you care at all about the women's tag titles? I don't even know who has them. Zelina Vega and Carmella. Nope. Okay. Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. No. Edge versus AJ Styles. No. Brock versus Roman. No. All right, then it's Charlotte versus Ronda for you. Yeah. I mean, if if Owens and Austin were going to do a match, I would want to see that. Um, but yeah. I know they're not. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so uh, I guess so- yeah, Charlotte and um, Ronda. Like, I don't even like I. I honestly, I'll sit here and tell you, like, I, I wouldn't necessarily have high hopes for that match. I, I haven't seen Ronda recently, and I remember her having a very specific sort of style when she was around, and she's taken a lot of time off, She and she was never mm. around as a, a dedicated professional wrestler for a long time, so I don't really know that that match would look like, in terms of, like, a pure wrestling match, I am sure Becky and, and Bianca Belair will have... Yeah, you know, match of the uh, of the decade in comparison. Um, but I am interested in both of those characters, at least um, Charlotte and mm-hmm. uh, Rhonda. So that's probably the thing that I would be most interested in. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll, I'll say Edge versus AJ will be good, and I appreciate from what I have seen online. I appreciate kind of the story they're telling um the fact that chad gable's going to get to wrestle at mania with alpha academy versus the street profits versus rk bro that's probably the match i'm most looking forward to which might be telling me why i'm not super excited for this card so all right back to nate's email who's the other world champion men or women men rock and roman so they're unifying their titles oh okay that what happened to like Bobby Lashley. Is he doing anything? He got hurt um, yeah. right before Elimination Chamber. Supposedly, he should be okay for WrestleMania, but there hasn't Drew been anything. Galloway yet. doing anything or Drew McIntyre? Uh, Drew McIntyre is wrestling Happy Corbin. I skipped over that one for you. Yeah, pass. Um, Seth Rollins currently isn't doing anything. Is Oscar back doing anything? Okay. Um, what about? Trying to think who else do I like? Kevin Owens doesn't have a match. No, it's just this thing. The rumor is that Seth Rollins is going to wrestle Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Uh, no, it's just the Owens, Kevin Owens oh. show with Steve Austin. What about The Miz? The Miz has been pretty good at WrestleMania the last few years. Um, Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic okay. will be taking on The Miz. And his tag team partner, Logan Paul. All right. Um, Do I want to go back to the email now? Yeah. How would you like <laughs> to see AEW slash Tony Khan use Ring of Honor? I hesitate for them to use it as like a minor league. I would say you have AEW Dark, you have a Dark Elevation, like make one of them Ring of Honor and just put it on YouTube. Uh, I mean, I honestly, if you just want it to be the back catalog and yeah. like 
I don't know that anything from Ring of Honor, like in terms of their, I, I could not tell you the name of a single pay-per-view if they had names. So like, I think like whether, whether I think, I think the only thing that would that be useful to take is the name ring of honor itself. Yeah. And whether you would do a pay-per-view AEW presents ring of honor, or you would do a, a, a weekly show. I, I think ring of honor has a better ring to it than does rampage or dynamite. True. Like you could name a weekly That's show. Very true. AEW's ring of honor. But that's that's about it. The the issue I have is this this could come dangerously close to WWE CW. Um, yeah, sure. They're doing a show April first, so the night before the night of the Hall of Fame, uh, they're doing a Ring of Honor show put on by Tony Khan. Um, is that the last Ring of Honor show that was I don't announced before? Think so. No, okay. It's the first one since 2019 because of COVID. Um, but yeah, uh, no, I think yeah, I thought I thought when they announced they were closing down, basically, they said they were going to have one more show, didn't they? Yes, but then AEW bought them, and I think now they're going to. This Wikipedia says it's the first under the ownership of Tony Khan. Maybe they're done. Okay, and now part of me is like, maybe you do treat it as, you know, this is the promotion. Like, if you're not going to do anything with Ruby Soho, have a wrestle for the Ring of Honor women's title. And, you know, I don't know. But we're getting I the brisk. Like the weird thing about Ring of Honor is while I feel like it doesn't have any. Again, this is it, it sounds worse than I really mean it. While it doesn't really have any name, brand name recognition, I feel like. And I, this could just be wrong. So. In a mainstream sense, maybe I'm wrong, but at least amongst professional wrestling fans, I feel like everybody at least knows what Ring of Honor is. And I, I sort of feel like the mystique of Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah, it was this really great independent wrestling company who did all these great things and had this great back alley and all these really awesome wrestlers who went on to be super famous. Like, this is where they got their start. I feel like the mystique of ring of honor the legend of ring of honor is more valuable than anything that ring of honor was or is likely to be in the near future i feel like that's what you go for mm-hmm. you you talk up ring of honor and i don't know whether or not you use that as i mean as you sort of said before as a minor league where you put independent people quote unquote, like lesser known people, your developmental people who haven't made names for themselves yet. Or do you go the opposite way with it and make it your prestige product where you put your Ruby Soho's and your CM Punk's and your Daniel Bryan's and you make that like the legends of wrestling series now, you know what I mean? Like you could go that way with it too. I don't know. You could bring the titles over like Ring of Honor has the pure championship. Which Never heard of it. Is like I think more of like a scientific title sort of thing. But see, that's again, that's what I'm talking about. Where I think the mystique or legend of it is more yeah. important than anything that they would actually tangibly bring. Which, which again, brings me back to ECW. Yeah, the mystique and legend of ECW was great, and then they brought it back, 
and all of a sudden you've got yeah, well, Marcus Corvon and a zombie and Well, see, that was Mike the problem, Knox. though. You put it onto the sci-fi channel. On the first episode, you had a zombie and then later an alien and a mummy and a fucking wrestling vampire, and you didn't take it seriously. You treated yeah. it like shit. If you had somebody who took the legend and mystique of ECW and had treated it like they should have treated it, I mean, yeah. that was, man, remember, that coming back was like coming off the heels of that incredible documentary, The Rise and Fall of ECW, yeah. right? Great like, show. they really could have capitalized yeah. on that resurgence. And they just you didn't. Have, you have at this Supercard of Honor, you have Samoa Joe show up. And Tony Khan introduces him and he says, Samoa Joe is all elite. And Joe takes the mic and goes, no. I'm only wrestling for Ring of Honor. Sure. And immediately, there you go. Because you, you could you could do it. Because you've got, you could bring back Claudio, a.k.a. Cesaro. You've got Punk. You've got Adam Cole. All of these guys who have actual, you know, you could bring in the Briscoes. They're wrestling the Revival, which is going to be a fantastic match on this, you know. there's You could do really good stuff with it. I'm just not sure that's going to happen. I'm not sure it's going to happen. I'm not sure it's necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. And and to go to Nate's final question, would you consider doing a horror movie bracket? I don't remember what episode it is, but I would refer you back. We've done at least one, if not multiple. I think we did like a horror character bracket. And then I did movies like that were themed. We talked about like the Thanksgiving, you know, horror movies versus like we've done a Mm. couple horror movie brackets, I think. Yeah, maybe. I think we definitely did the character one, but yeah, no, I, I did. Cause I remember looking up, you know, April fool's day horror movies and oh, okay. all, all right. of Santa slay. And uh, our last one comes from Mrs. Manson, V a C a T I O N. Hi guys. This doc knows I'm trying to think of some place relatively nearby where we can get away for a few days for, a, for vacation this August. and won't be super packed with children and annoying tourists like ourselves. <laughs> all right. I've looked at rentals on Airbnb and different hotels and just can't figure out where to go or what to do. As I was researching, I wondered if you built a themed hotel. Okay, this is going in a different direction. Uh, What would the theme be and what would the rooms look like? Obviously, mine would be a pet-friendly hotel where you could bring your dog, cat, iguana, etc., and where there would be adoptable animals that were there too. Each room would be pet themed. I think it would be a big hit, minus the extraordinary insurance costs, I bet. Happy trails. This is Manson. The smell of that hotel would be just the worst. I don't know. I, I appreciate the sentiment of a pet friendly hotel. I don't think but, it would be that bad because, like, you know, you go, you'd have to upkeep like the upkeep would be important. But like, you know, mm-hmm. like in Japan, like cat cafes and like, you know, True. all sorts of different animal cafes are totally a thing. Like, I think there is a way to do that in a cleanly way. I don't think it has to be a, a, a farm, <laughs> did, <laughs> but did you, I understand did, your concern. Did you listen to the distractible episode on pet stories? Yes. With the dog in the Roomba? Yes. That's immediately yes. what I thought of. Yeah, well, all right. Um, uh, distractible. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, let me put on my travel agent hat for you. It's August. <laughs> Don't go to the vineyard. August no. is the worst month. And the Cape's going to be busy. Yep. Uh, 
how far? What's your idea? You're the driver. What's the ideal uh, length of time you want to be in the car one way? Ideally, five minutes. Oh, An okay. hour, two Talk hours. To your I would say down on the coast. Well, you know, hit hit coastal Connecticut. I've been there, done that. Who wants to go back to Mystic and bullshit? Newport. I've been there a thousand times. And Newport's going to be just as busy as Vineyard or... You've done the Berkshires, right? You've done the Berkshires. Only went there once, though. There's probably a lot more to see, like different museums and things that we yeah. haven't gone to. I don't think we did. We did the modern art museum. I don't think we did the we, classical or master. We stuff, are you know? going for my parents' 40th anniversary. Uh, my dad has always wanted to go have a meal at the Culinary Institute of America, hmm. which is out in New York. It's only about two hours. Uh, so we're going there for a weekend in a couple months uh, to try out a restaurant or two. That reminds me, I'm supposed to pick a place. Oh, well. <laughs> um, like we, honestly, we were just looking at like Airbnbs in like the middle of nowhere, Vermont, where we're just like, let's just mm-hmm. let's just go somewhere in the woods. You know, the Amherst, Massachusetts area is pretty nice. Like the Eric Carl Museum's up that way. And, you know, you might find some interesting things, you know, kind of that general neck of the woods. So there's options. Southern Maine, you could do some outlet shopping. Portsmouth is apparently very nice. Newberry Port. We have friends out in Newberry Port. What's there? It's like a little, it's very similar to Newport. Okay. So. I don't know. Anyways, uh, if I could build a themed hotel, what would the... Th- uh, Wrestling. Uh, yeah. And each room would be a different character from wrestling's history. Yep. And You'd the have most to expensive the- room would be the giant Gonzalez. <laughs> Just fur everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that would be great if you had a room. I almost, I almost view it as like one of those... It would be like the equivalent of the Heartbreak Hotel in Graceland. You know what I mean? Like you would have to really do it up gaudy. You know what I mean? But like you'd have the all-American Hulk Hogan room with the red and And yellow yellow. feathers. You'd have the black and pink uh, Hitman room. You'd have have the Heartbreak Kid room with the heart mirror and everything. And the heart bed. You'd have the Undertaker room where the bed was shaped like a casket. Absolutely. Like, Yeah. 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 You want to go in with me on that so you don't have to come up with your own idea? Uh, Although, a horror movie. I would do a horror movie hotel. And, but it wouldn't just be a hotel. uh, It would also be a haunt. So, like, you would build this hotel, and, like, the hotels would have, like, certain hours where there were, like, secret passages between the rooms and you could like do scary things to try to scare the guests and maybe you could do like a dinner murder mystery theater thing too like you could have actors who actually like die during the course of the day and you can try to figure out who uh the slasher is the identity Mm -hmm. of the killer Uh, i I would like this character to appear in every episode of this show going forward super nerd doc (laughs) I just remember the time you went to a haunt and you put your wife through the morgue. Hey, in fairness, I didn't put her through the morgue. 
They took her to the morgue and did not allow me to physically follow her. And by the time she realized we were separated, it was too late for her. She was already on the slab being put into the freezer. Oh, good times. Good times. Uh, Thank you to Jeffrey and Banks and Glenn and Nate and Mrs. Manson for your emails. Doc, once again, I turn to you for your piece of positivity this time. Oh, no! (laughs) Uh, What is, what do you got looking, what's going on? It's good. What are you looking forward to? What's exciting? Uh, anything you got, I can go first if you want. I'm I've, I'm prepared if you need to if you need to think for a minute. Stop go ahead, get around the go room. Um, oh God! I had an idea of how I wanted to start this, and now I can't remember. Uh, ah, that was it. Uh, you knew me in college. I was terrible at it. I didn't want to go to classes. I didn't. Oh, you were terrible readings. at co- okay. Um, you know. I was a sheltered kid who was finally independent. There were things I wanted to do, darn it. Uh, and so the idea of reading any textbook, even in an area of interest to me, was just bad. And yet here I am with the dawn of everything, uh, a new history of humanity that I got for Christmas, and it sat on a shelf Uh, And I just, uh, when we were up visiting family last week, we went to a bookstore. I happened to see this in like the bestseller section. And I went, oh, cool. Uh, I've been reading for the last few days. I'm only on page 56, but I've got notes in the margins. I'm underlining things. Uh, I try to spend 15, 20 minutes a day on it. It is delightful. Um, you know, taking just some of the ideas of, you know, where we came from and how we got to where we are and sort of turning it on its head, which is always something interesting, I find. So if you get the chance, David Graber and David Wengrow, The Dawn of Everything, highly recommended if you are uh, nerdy in that special kind of way. What do you got for me, Doc? You, You still look a little nervous. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't, I'm, I'm really struggling to think this week. Like, like I, I, wa- I've been continuing to watch like some of the grudge movies. Cause there's mm-hmm. a million freaking movies in that franchise. Uh, I'm through the, the second American movie. Um, the American movies are terrible. I don't know why they were popular here. Like, I don't think either of those movies were good. Like, Especially the second one. The second one was real, real bad. Um, and so, like, that's not really a piece of positivity, right? But, like, unfortunately, like, the things I've been consuming in the last little bit of time just haven't been very good. I guess that makes me appreciate all the other things that I have seen in my lifetime that were good. But when you sit down, yeah, to watch. Uh, a horror movie or anything how long does it take before you are pretty sure you know this is going to be good this is going to be bad i try to keep an open mind um because anything can recover at any time depending Mm -hmm. on choices that get made but i will say it was probably about 20 or 25 minutes into halloween kills 
that I turned to Mrs. Manson and I said, I think this might be bad. <laughs> I so had been horror, like- but you have to understand it had been like a horrified first 25 minutes where I was just like waiting for it to, it was like, I was waiting for it to show me something and not be terrible. But then I, I just realized they were just doubling down on every bad choice you could possibly make. And it was about that time when I was like, yeah, this is, I'm pretty sure this is going to be unredeemable. And yeah. it, it was. Now, for a Halloween Kills, for a franchise movie like that, I could understand you sticking with it till the end. But for a random horror movie, if you feel like it's going to be bad, do you watch all the way through because you're waiting for the redemption? Or even if you know this is going to be bad, there's no doubt about it, do you finish it anyways? I tend to finish things anyways. Um, When it comes to a movie that's, you know, usually, especially for horror movies, usually like an hour and a half, it's not a big time investment. So even if it's bad, it's not a lot of wasted time. And I do still enjoy thinking about why the movie's bad, what's not working, especially like in the case of like the grudge, like comparing it to the Japanese movies that I just watched and seeing it's the same filmmaker. And so is it, is it because he's hitting a lot of the same notes? He's remaking his earlier films and it was more effective in the earlier films. Is it because I was watching the other films with subtitles and I'm not a good judge of whether or not the Japanese actors and actresses are good actors. And I can very clearly tell that the lead actress of the grudge Two cannot act her way out of a brown paper bag to save her life. You know, things like that. I saw, I, I, there's still enjoyment that I'm getting from it. Even if I'm not enjoying the quality of the film itself. And then the other part of it is a lot of horror movies that I really, really enjoy, particularly eighties movies, slasher movies. A lot of them aren't good mm-hmm. movies. Um, and that's part of the charm. So I don't know that I'm, I'm very quick to turn off a movie that's bad because I, I think there's a lot of different ways that it could become quite entertaining. Um, unless I, the, the only time I will turn something off is if it's like real, real low budget and like, there's clearly no craft to it. Sure. Like that's the sort of thing where I'm just like, yeah, I'm done here. Um, and don't get me wrong. There are some like zero budget movies um, that look bad with bad acting, but have like really smart scripts that I have appreciated over the years. So like, it's got to be like pretty unredeemable in a lot of different ways before I'm like, okay, I'm out. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then I would say your piece of positivity is just your stick-to-itiveness and your ability to persevere through, you know, what might not be the most enjoyable thing. Because I bet with all of these movies, even if they're not good, you're getting something out of it. You're learning something. You're, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, so. I'll say I'm, I'm looking forward to something I'm looking forward to. Um, uh, Robert Eggers is a filmmaker, and he, uh, he made The Witch a couple years ago. And then somebody just brought this up on a, in an email. I don't know, it was last week or recently. Uh, the Lighthouse, 
Um, we were talking about that with Robert Pattinson yep. and uh, William Defoe. His next film, The Northman, uh, was just Ooh. rated, uh, rated R. It's supposedly a Viking sort of revenge yeah. film. I saw that preview. That looked good. Yeah, coming out in April. So I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. His other two films have been excellent. I don't know that this one is so much a horror film in the way his other two films were, um, but I think it looks quite good. I haven't watched the trailer. I don't think I will. Um, sure. Just again, based off of the strength of the filmmaker, I, I am looking yeah, quite for. I don't remember it. much about the trailer, though. If I liked it, you can pretty much guarantee it's not a horror movie. Right. But again, William Defoe's in it. Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. Um, Nicole Kidman, which makes me a little scared. Sure. The Others was terrible. That was Nicole Kidman, right? The Others. Everybody loves that know. movie. I don't know why. That movie was terrible. Her accent, her Irish accent she was trying to do in that film was... Mm. Everybody loves that movie, but I, I fucking hated it. I'm pretty sure mm. that was her. Was that Nicole Kidman? Well, I'm going to wrap up while Others. you look it up. 2001, Nicole Kidman. That movie sucked. I don't care who you are. <laughs> if you think the others was good, I demand a defense in our email account next week. If you're listening to there this show. Why are you excited for WrestleMania? Why was the others good? Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Doc Manson, anything else you would like to say before we head out? Into that good night. Well, if you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, you should send us an email podcast at ddtwrestling.com. This is episode 313. Is that true? Holy moly. Well, yeah, you can listen to this one, our entire back catalog at your podcast repository of choice. Just got to search the title of the show, which of course is DDT Wrestling. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and let's be honest here. No, you didn't. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling. This send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights on and it keeps this podcast train a running right off the rails. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am Durango Canyon Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? Now we are so happy. We do the dance of joy. Die, 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 die. Hey, 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 hey.